Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and tonight, if you're watching this on Thursday, football is officially back. In today's video, we're going to be going over my top 36 running back rankings and tiers for week number one of the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we can get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. While you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure that you leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on Twitter or X. Please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you want my week one rankings as well as guaranteed answers to all of your questions make sure that you subscribe to the patreon link in the video description for seven dollars and fifty cents a month so without further ado let's get into my week number one running back rankings and tiers for the 2023 fantasy football season we begin with the S tier at the running back position for week number one. All seven of these running backs inside of the S tier were all drafted inside the first two rounds of fantasy football drafts. I understand that the matchups for some of these running backs may not be some cupcake stuff here. These might not be the easiest matchups, but at the end of the day, you drafted these guys so high for a reason. That is because they are some of the best running backs in the National Football League. So all seven of these guys are obvious must-starts. Christian McCaffrey, the 49ers, going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. Obviously, on paper, this isn't the most ideal matchup for McCaffrey, but he's Christian McCaffrey, and he is on one of the best offenses in the NFL in the San Francisco 49ers. It should be a shock to absolutely no one if this guy finishes as the RB1 on the week, and I don't even think there's much of an argument to be made about ranking him anywhere outside of number one. At number two, we got Tony Pollard of the Dallas Cowboys going up against the New York football giants in MetLife on Sunday night football. Tony Pollard was a guy that I was hyping up all offseason to finish as a top three running back. Potentially, I really do believe on the franchise tag that this guy is going to be seeing so much work game in and game out. There are some question marks about how if his body could handle this high of a workload, but guess what? It's week number one. He's fresh legs. We got Tony Pollard as the RB2 at number three. Austin Eckler, the LA Chargers, going up against the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins defense isn't necessarily necessarily the best up against the run. I think Austin Eckler should have a pretty solid showing. Last time these two teams played, Austin Eckler absolutely bent my Miami Dolphins over a table, so it's entirely possible that even with Vic Fangio, it happens yet again. At number four, the rookie Bijan Robinson of the Atlanta Falcons going up against the Carolina Panthers. There is talks that Brian Burns will not be able to play in this game, which would definitely be a big boost to Bijan Robinson. I expect this team to be one of the most run-heavy offenses in the National Football League yet again, so I'm a huge fan of Bijan at five. Saquon Barkley of the Giants going up against the Dallas Cowboys. Some people might feel that I've disrespected Saquon by ranking him below his division mate, Tony Pollard. Ultimately, these guys all in the S tier have the upside to be the number one running back. We all know Saquon Barkley is one of the better running backs in the NFL. At number six, Josh Jacobs up against the Denver Broncos in Denver. Josh Jacobs absolutely took the lunch money of the Denver Broncos last season. Even though I expect them to be a really solid defense, I still think Josh Jacobs might pull his pants down and take a dookie on the chest of the Broncos. And at number seven, to close out the S tier, my boy, nine-inch Nicholas Chubb of the Cleveland Browns going up against the Cincinnati Bengals. While this 
this game on paper is expected to be very high scoring, especially when you look at the Vegas totals, I think this might be more of a sloppy game, more of a run-heavy affair. Nick Chubb without Kareem Hunt, we, be, we should be seeing some extra receiving upside for the boy 9-inch Nicholas Chubb, so I do like his matchup up against the Bengals. Again, you can nitpick all of these players inside of the S tier, but you are going to start them anyways, right? You drafted them this high for a reason. You didn't draft Nick Chubb in the second round because you considered sitting him in week number one, right? You're rolling him out regardless. Moving to the A tier here, we got a bunch of running backs that you also have to start, right? Henry, Mixon, ETN, Aaron Jones, Jameer Gibbs, and Ramondre Stevenson. These guys were all drafted in the top three rounds of fantasy football drafts. Now, depending on which website you drafted on, Derrick Henry might have fucked around and been a top 10, top 12 pick, but we know that in some leagues, he fell into the end of the second round. So Derrick Henry going up against the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. I actually do like the Saints defense, but we all know that the Tennessee Titans offense just runs on running the rock. Derrick Henry could get 20 plus carries in this game get a couple of catches as well because we saw last year the team liked to utilize him more in the pass catching game so should be a solid game out of Derrick Henry again there's an argument to be made that these guys some of these guys could belong in the S tier but ultimately I do feel a little bit more confident in the upside of the guys ranked above but it's not by like some crazy wide margin, right? It's not like Derrick Henry is significantly a worse play than 9-inch Nicholas Chubb at number 9, Joseph Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns. I know a lot of people were kind of off the Joe Mixon bandwagon this year because he was a lot less effective last season. But you have to keep in mind, for the start of the season, that offensive line was not playing well. It took a while for them to get that chemistry down to where they were working very well. Mixon had a good end to the season and he is the clear workhorse back there so I do feel very confident in him in week number one at number 10 Travis Etienne of the Jacksonville Jaguars going up against the soft as baby shit Indianapolis Colts defense in Indianapolis now some people might be thinking Nick um I watched your videos in the offseason and you don't like Travis Etienne you like Tank Bigsby I do I love Ned Bigsby's brother Tank Bigsby but ultimately Week one, it's not like Tank Bigsby is going to steal that role away in week number one, right? He's not going to become the guy in week number one. I think over the whole season, maybe he could or cut a solid enough role in to where ETN isn't as ideal for fantasy. But it's week number one up against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Travis ETN is going to be feasting like Andy Reid at a local buffet. So I'm a huge fan of ETN in this spot. At number 11, we move to A.A. Ron Jones of the Green Bay Packers going up against the Chicago Bears in Chicago. That Bears defense is not the defense from a couple of years ago, and they're certainly not the 85 Bears. So I think Aaron Jones will have a solid game. This game is essentially a pick according to the Vegas lines. We all know that there is some risk about potentially Christian Watson as well as Romeo Dobbs not playing, and that will give even more opportunities to Mr. Aaron Jones. The Packers have a pretty solid defense, so I think they're going to be looking to keep their nose down and run a bunch in this game with Jordan Love's essentially first start. Now he has started before, but this is his first time where he's actually going to be the guy, right? Aaron Rodgers isn't just coming back the next week, right? That motherfucker's in New York. So it's Jordan Love time, and I think Aaron Jones is going to have a great season. After that, we got Jameer Gibbs of the Lions going up against the Kansas City Chiefs tonight in Kansas City. NFL kickoff. I am just erect under the desk right now thinking about the fact that football is back I know everyone is excited Jameer Gibbs 
There was talk from their offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, that we're going to see Jameer Gibbs used in a different way than what people previously thought. That might mean that Jameer Gibbs is a workhorse running back, or it might mean that Jameer Gibbs is running routes out there as a receiver. Either way, I think Jameer Gibbs has a solid rookie showing. At number 13 to close out the A tier, Ramondre Stevenson going up against the Eagles. Now on paper, this matchup sucks donkey hog, but ultimately Ramondre Stevenson proved to us last year that he would be uber consistent. He's a solid pass catching back. I know Ezekiel Elliott is there, and it will be frustrating at points when Zeke, you know, just shows up, just rears his ugly head, and Ramondre does all the work, and then they get in the goal line, knock, knock. Uncle Bill Belichick, who recently divorced, takes out his anger on Ramondre Stevenson, yanks him out of the game, and throws Zeke in. It's going to be annoying. Could even happen in week one, but you're definitely not sitting, Ramondre Stevenson. Moving to the B tier here, we got a huge group of guys. Kenneth Walker III, Sir Kenneth Walker III, J.K. Dobbins, Rashad with two A's white, Alexander Vatisson, Miles Sanders, Raheem Mostert, Damian Pierce, Najee Harris, and one more, Jamal Williams, who has zone page because... The graphic only has room for eight guys. We got nine in the B tier, and I didn't want to screw you guys over by just bumping Jamal Williams down because I feel like he is in the same tier as all of these guys. So Kenneth Walker, another one of those guys that I am not as 100% sure on, just like Travis Etienne. I really think Zach Charbonnet is going to cut a roll, cut a piece out of this offense of its pie and give it to himself, right? But week one, week two. Number one, Kenneth Walker is clearly going to be the guy. This guy was an absolute fucking animal last season, and I do believe he has top 10 upside on the week. At number 15, we have J.K. Dobbins going up against the Houston Texans. A very easy matchup. J.K. Dobbins was a guy that I was very nervous about going into this season because there were a lot of reports about how J.K. Dobbins isn't necessarily fully healthy. He wasn't at camp. He was doing this holdout for a contract. There was a lot of shit going on around J.K. Dobbins. There's also the fact that new offensive coordinator Todd Monken loves to throw the ball so we're thinking about a more pass heavy offense with a J.K. Dobbins that might or might not be fully healthy it seemed like a clear avoid in drafts for me but now we're here in week one and they're playing the Texans now there's a lot of worry about this guy's knee that I keep reading it seems like people are starting to panic now I'm as much of a doctor as Johnny Sins so I won't tell you for sure that I know this guy's knee is going to fucking explode like they say about Juju I don't know if you saw that the report was that Juju Smith-Schuster's knee is a ticking time bomb that doesn't sound good at all, but J.K. Dobbins, week one, even if that knee is getting a little inflamed, it's probably going to get inflamed because he runs for 150 yards and two tugs up against the sorry Houston Texans. At number 16, Rashad with two A's white of the Bucks going up against the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. Another running back that I was just out on in the fantasy football draft process, but ultimately here in week one up against the Minnesota Vikings defense that sure should be better under Brian Flores. It's week one. It's hard to make those adjustments, hard for the defense to fully solidify as a better unit in week number one Rashad White should be getting a decent amount of targets I do worry about the fact that I think Sean Tucker could be taking away some carries but Rashad White will still be seeing all of the receptions at number 17 the other running back in the game Alexander Madison going up against the Bucks. now I had a lot of arguments in my own brain like I was going crazy about Madison versus White if you have both of them you're probably playing I guess you don't have to play both of them unless you didn't draft an earlier running back. For a lot of my teams where I went not necessarily zero running back, but 
I went with hero running back and then kind of double tapped two running backs in the middle rounds, end up with a decent amount of Alexander Madison. Now, I don't have any Rashad White, but based upon their ADP, it would be possible for me to have both. If I had to lean with one, I would lean with Rashad White, but I will tell you right now, while I think the upside might be slightly higher with Rashad White, I would feel way more confident in Alexander Madison. I think Alexander Madison is just significantly safer. I don't fear the other running backs behind Alexander Madison like I do with Rashad White, but ultimately with all that pass catching upside and going up against a bad Vikings defense, I think Rashad White will ultimately outscore him. Probably not by a wide margin though. Next up, we got Miles Sanders of the Carolina Panthers. Now, Miles Sanders has been dealing with an injury, but it was reported that Miles Sanders should be good to go for week number one. The Atlanta Falcons defense actually doesn't look half bad. I don't think they're like a bottom tier defense in the National Football League. We've heard Frank Reich basically give the gawk gawk 9,000 to Miles Sanders, right? Miles Sanders is going to be catching way more passes this season. That's what Frank Reich was saying. Do I believe it? Fuck no, baby. But people did because they drafted him. I worry about the injury, but at the same time, Bryce Young's first ever game, the Falcons offense might not be amazing. I think this is going to be a game where they try to run a decent amount. At number 19, we got my boy Raheem, the wet dream, Mostert, going up against a wet dream matchup, the LA Chargers defense that couldn't stop a fucking nosebleed in LA. The boy Raheem Mostert has been elevated to the RB1 role after the injury of Jeff Wilson. What I heard from head coach Mike McDaniel about Jeff Wilson didn't seem very promising that he was going to be back very soon. So unless the Dolphins pull a rabbit out of a hat and trade for Jonathan Taylor, then Raheem Mostert's going to be the guy for the foreseeable future. Knock on wood, let's not root for injuries because we know Raheem Mostert, kind of one of those guys that's a bit injury prone. The Chargers defense, like I said, they can't stop a nosebleed. They can't stop anything up against the run. If the Dolphins commit to the run, like Mike McDaniel said he needs to, he apologized to the running backs last year, being like, we should have fucking ran more. We were averaging so many yards per carry, and I'm an idiot. I wanted to throw the ball. I wanted to see Tyreek run really fast and Waddle run really fast. I was a fan of the Dolphins. It's sick watching those guys run fast, but it was frustrating last season when it's like, dude, we are absolutely butt-fucking this team, bend them over a table running the ball, and we're not running the ball. And it was annoying, but Raheem Mostert, hopefully Mike McDaniel doesn't make the same mistake this time. Injuries to Salvin Ahmed may be in there, may not be in there. A-Chain should be in there. But even if that's the case, Raheem, the wet dream, Mostert, is in the driver's seat at number 20. Damian Pierce of the Houston Texans going up against the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. While I love the Baltimore defense for fantasy because I think CJ... CJ? I don't know what the fuck I just said. CJ Stroud might make some rookie mistakes in this game. Throw maybe a pick or two or just get sacked, hit so hard he fumbles and shits himself right? Damian Pierce should be in a good spot to just get a bunch of carries, right? This guy was good when Davis Money Mills was under center. So as long as CJ Stroud is an absolute garbage, Pierce should be fine. Pierce is also like a three down back, right? Devin Singletary is just terrible. So Damian Pierce is in a good spot. Hopefully he catches more passes than he did last season. And if he does, he might mess around and finish as a top 12 back at number 21. Can you do some for me? Najee Harris of the Pittsburgh Steelers going up against the 49ers in Pittsburgh. So when it comes to Najee Harris, this is a guy that a lot of fantasy analysts were kind of 
quivering when thinking about Najee Harris, right? Because of the emergence of Jalen Warren. If you watched the games last season and you saw Warren touch the ball and you saw Najee touch the ball, you would have thought that Jalen Warren was the first round pick, the upper echelon running back, highly touted, not Najee Harris. Now, Najee was dealing with injuries last year. The offensive line was an absolute disaster. They split like the Red Sea when Moses parted it, and the defense was running train on him. So, I get that. He was dealing with injuries going into the season. The 49ers matchup is hard. Nick Bosa actually fucking got a contract. I thought for sure this was going to be a situation where Bosa's holding out for like the first couple weeks of the season. The 49ers are like, oh my gosh, we actually really need Nick Bosa on the defense. And then they throw the money at him, you know, make it rain. But... It happened before the season. Now, I think Bosa's play in week one. Now, Shanahan's like, well, unless he showed up overweight, we're not going to not use Nick Bosa. Of course, Nick Bosa isn't going to be out there like normal Nick Bosa. But when it's clutch game on the line, right? Third down scenarios, Nick Bosa's tagging in there and fucking jamming Najee Harris, sending his poor ass straight to Middle Earth. So I think Najee has an okay game, but you definitely want to temper your expectation against the Niners. But again, all of these guys in the first, in the S tier, right? You have to start them. The A tier, you got to start them. The guys in the B tier, you're probably also starting as well, unless you went mega double hero running back right off the rip. Moving now to continue the B tier, like we said a couple seconds ago, Jamal with two A's Williams of the New Orleans Saints. If you've enjoyed thus far, hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button down below. Going up against the Le Titans. Now, the Titans defense is pretty suspect. Jamal Williams is given the reins, the Roman reins of this offense without Alvin Kamara. Now, the health of Kendra Miller is up in the air. And their backup running back, I think his name is Kirk Mermit. Kermit the Frog is the backup running back for the Saints. So Jamal Williams should be flying like a free bird. The question is, will Jamal Williams at this age be able to be productive having that many carries? The reason why he was so productive last year was because DeAndre Swift would do a lot of the dirty work. They get to the goal line and there's just three straight fucking carries of Jamal Williams. Like, get in there, stuffed. Get in there, stuffed. Get in there again, and he fucking just walks right into the end zone, right? They couldn't stop him. He was inevitable. He was scoring a touchdown every single time. They'd get to the goal line, and I would have Amon Ross St. Brown on a lot of my teams because I loved Amon Ross St. Brown. I'd play him a lot in DFS, an underdog, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay. That, this is the time where Goff throws a nice, a nice ball up to, to Amon Ra. He jumps up, reaches back like 1-3 Odell Beckham, catches the ball. It's going to be beautiful. But in the back of my head, I always knew, oh, it's going to be Jamal Williams. The Saints team, I'm interested to see how good they are. They should be able to beat the Titans, though. Like, the Titans are not that great of a team. Their offense is all right. I actually think Tannehill's a little bit better than people give him credit for, but the defense is no bueno. So I think Jamal Williams should have a pretty decent showing out there. And all these guys have top 12 upside right inside of the B tier. These guys as well, obviously. Moving now to the C tier, we got some running backs where... All those other backs, it doesn't feel entirely gross to start. Now, again, I'm not a huge Rashad White, Dobbins, or Miles Sanders guy. But it doesn't feel that gross to play him. This is the range where things start to get a little bit grosser. But you will notice as we get further into the rankings, it gets even more disgusting. But before we get deeper into the running back rankings, going all the way to running back number 36, I would like to give you guys a quick word from our friends and our sponsor over at 
Underdog Fantasy. I got the shirt on right now. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to do NFL pickums for the 2023 NFL season, and they have a great offer for you today. If you go ahead and head on over to the Pick'em tab on Underdog Fantasy, you can find that you need Patrick Mahomes to just get one yard to help add to your Pick'em list here. So if you go higher on Patrick Mahomes and you add one more pick that you like, for instance, I think Jared Goff is going to get over 258 and a half passing yards tonight. Then if you enter $25 on here, you'll make three times what you put in. If you put in three picks six times, four picks ten times, and five picks, you get the 20x. Underdogs Pick'em is available on the states on your screen right now. If you guys have a gambling problem, please make sure you call 1-800-GAMBLER. And if you are new to Underdog Fantasy, make sure that you sign up using promo code NOTORIOUS for a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. You deposit $100, they give you an additional $100. If you want to do $50, they give you an additional $50, $25, an additional $25. The minimum deposit on Underdog Fantasy is $10. So please make sure that you guys check out the Pick'ems and take advantage of it today because, again, you got that free square of Mahomes to get just one passing yard, which, unless he gets hurt, is guaranteed to happen. We are back with Cam Akers, the touchdown maker of the LA Rams going up against the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Now, a lot of fantasy football players have a burn left on their body from Cam Akers last season, right? They drafted him in a decent spot and the guy bent him over the table and didn't even use the common courtesy to have lube or even spit on it, right? He went in raw and it hurt, right? Cam Akers... It was bad, right? This guy put up a dud against the Bills. He's playing so bad that he wants to get traded. They don't trade him. And then magically for the first or for the final couple games of the season, it was like Cam Akers vintage style, right? From the beginning of his career, he looked really good. And not just really good. He was downright excellent for a couple of games. Now, the Rams don't have Cooper Cup, which I think does hurt Cam Akers because when you have Cooper Cup, Stafford can do the fuck it Cooper Cup out there somewhere maneuver, which is basically where he just launches the ball down the field. And then Cooper Cup is just such, he's like a mystical creature of sorts, like a fucking, uh, what is that thing called? A narwhal from Elf, right? And he just catches the ball. Then they're in the red zone. And then sure, it'll probably go to Cup anyways. But you know, Akers got a shot at it, right? He can get some some, uh, check downs. I do worry about his upside in this game because of the fact that Cup isn't there. I've also always been worrying all offseason about Matthew Stafford's back and neck. My neck, my back, lick my pussy and my crack, right? Cam Akers, I think should be fine, but I'm not like ecstatic to start him. At number 24, we got James Conner. Now, James Conner is in just a bad situation up against the left hands up. Who are we, the commanders in Washington? The commander's defense might run train on the Arizona Cardinals. But the thing is, when you actually look back, hop in the time machine, Marty McFly, you'll see that James Conner has been just incredibly productive without Kyler Murray over the last couple of years. Like, one of the best running backs in the NFL without Kyler Murray. So while Joshua Dobbs might be an absolute bozo, James Conner could still get it done in fantasy. But what I will tell you is that's a pick that'll really give you the heebie-jeebies, right? You throw Conner into your lineup, it's like one of those where you throw a grenade and you duck and roll, right? You're, du- I like, put the, hey, James Conner's in the r- running back two roll on my team, like, duck and cover, right? You want to close your eyes while monkey see, monkey do while you're watching the fucking game. So after James Conner, David Montgomery of the Chiefs going up against Kansas City, he feels very safe. 
David Montgomery is like some missionary sex in this game, right? We know Jameer Gibbs is the sexiness, the greatness, but we all know deep down Dan Campbell knows they're going to get in the red zone against the Chiefs and David Montgomery is going to sneak his way on into the end zone and score a touchdown. We just know it's coming. I know it's coming. You know it's coming. David Montgomery is going to have a decent showing. I think he's going to be just decent all year long. Not a guy that you want to have as your RB1 on your fantasy team, but as your RB2, he's going to be reliable week in and week out. Closing out the C tier, we got James Let Him Cook of the Buffalo Bills going up against the New York Jumbo Jets in Gotham. So James Cook is a guy that in the offseason to start off, I was clear off of James Cook. I thought everyone was being a certified bozo, loving James Cook. But then I started seeing the training camp hype. I saw him play in preseason and look pretty good. Now, I was all off of James Cook last year, but I bit the wrong bullet, right? I was technically correct because I avoided James Cook. But I instead bought into Devin Singletary. So it was... It was a bad call regardless. But now James Cook doesn't have a lot of competition behind him. Damian Harris's health is up in the air. They also have Latavius Murray. I think James Cook's going to get a decent amount of touches. The Jets' defense, really good against the pass. We'll see how they fare up against the run. I don't expect this to be a super high-scoring game. I think James Cook will be just about all right. Could he be like the RB 17-18 on the week? Definitely. But I don't think this week against the Jets is when he has his, like, coming-out party, fucking dunking on the defense. Shaquille O'Neal style, and he's like a top 12 back. I think that could happen this season, just not in this game. Moving now to the D tier, we begin with Khalil Herbert of the Chicago Bears going up against the Green Bay Packers. I did definitely weigh putting Khalil Herbert into the next tier, but I do kind of view these tiers as being similar. I just don't think I would be as confident in Khalil Herbert compared to the guys ahead of him. I am definitely a Khalil Herbert truther, though, when push does come to shove. I do really think he was a better running back than David Montgomery last year. The biggest question for Herbert is how much of a split share is it in this offense? Is it going to be clearly Khalil Herbert or are we going to be seeing a lot more Roshan Johnson than I would personally like to see? I also want to see how Khalil Herbert finishes on a year-long standpoint of being the guy, right? We have seen Khalil Herbert work in as the guy, and he's looked downright fucking fantastic, but can he do it in a large sample size? Up against the Packers' defense, I don't think there's really a soft-serve matchup, so RB27 feels kind of fair for him. At number 28, we got Dalvin Cook of the Jets going up against the Buffalo Bills. Now, I know people will be concerned with me ranking Dalvin Cook this high, as if RB28 is super high. Ultimately, I've talked about this a bunch the whole offseason, the second that Dalvin Cook showed up to this offense, they paid him for a reason. And that reason is to ease Brees Hall back into the offense, to use the just the tip technique. Now, of course, Brees Hall will be out there on Monday night football, right? It won't just be the Dalvin Cook show, but I don't think Brees Hall is going to play a large factor into this game. Could he bust off a huge run because he's that skilled? Yes. 100%. But I think on the goal line, and a lot of the touches are going to go to Dalvin Cook. I think the Jets are going to be looking to run the ball a little bit more than people think. Ultimately, I am not extremely confident in the running back Dalvin Cook is based upon what we saw last season. But I think for four games... To start off the season, potentially, when they're kind of looking to ice Brees Hall a little bit, I think Dalvin Cook could be pretty decent. At number 29, we got the man who got shot, Brian Robinson of the Washington Commanders going up against the Cardinals. Cupcake matchup. The question is, how is this offense going to look? Is Gibson going to be seeing every single reception? Can Robinson finesse maybe two receptions a game? We shall see. Again, cupcake matchup. 
But I will note, this could be a huge letdown, right? The commander's offense, Sam Howell was dissecting defenses in the preseason. This could be, even though the Cardinals suck ass, a huge letdown spot for the commanders at 30, Pacheco. Without Kelsey, they're probably going to look to run more. And Pacheco was actually fully practicing a couple days ago. The question is, without Kelsey, does that mean they use more McKinnon? We'll see. My thoughts on McKinnon were kind of that they like him as like a playoff weapon, right? You kind of use him sparingly during the beginning of the season. And then as you get closer to the end of the regular season, like week 14, they start ramping him up, right? You see a little bit less Pacheco, more McKinnon until in the playoffs, McKinnon is the second coming of fucking Austin Eckler or something, right? That's what we saw the last couple of seasons. But I do think Pacheco is talented enough to fend off Jarek McKinnon. I think Pacheco is not really going to be a touch or not going to be a guy getting a lot of receptions. If he scores a touchdown, you're going to be happy. If not, you're probably like, shit, why did I start Pacheco? At 31, we got Deion Jackson of the Colts going up against the Jaguars. Last year was Deion Jackson's only start where I believe he had 10 receptions, way over 120 yards. He played really well. He was the running back one on the week. Zach Moss isn't playing. Their backup, Evan Hull, has looked suspect at best in preseason. Interesting spot for Deion Jackson. Now, the problem is the Indianapolis Colts might get fucking just dicked down in this game, right? They might get pulverized. That's what worries me, right? They're going to be behind by a lot. So they're not going to be running. The upside of Jackson, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. It comes from the receiving upside. So can he catch a bunch of balls in this game? Probably against the Jags. So he's a okay start, right? You didn't come into the season thinking, oh, I need to start Deion Jackson. But without Jonathan Taylor, if you're a Jonathan Taylor guy, you got Jackson late. It's okay to start him. At number 32 to close out the D tier here, Antonio Gibson of the Commanders going up against the Cardinals. I was so in on Antonio Gibson. And as we got closer draft season, I didn't retract fully from Gibson because I still really like him, but I started to invest more in Robinson, right? I was going balls deep, pause into drafting Antonio Gibson like every single underdog draft, best ball draft I did. And then I was like, okay, I got a lot of Gibson. Now it's time to move on to Robinson. I think Gibson's going to be seeing a bunch of touches in this game. I really do. I think he's an incredibly talented running back. But Robinson also looked really good at the end of last season. He's going to be seeing a lot of the carries. So if Gibson gets, say, five targets, eight carries, he could get it done against the Cardinals. It's just kind of, I would rather see it before throwing him out there to the Wolves in my redraft lineup. Moving now to the E tier to close things out, Javante Williams. Now, Javante Williams was a guy that, you know, it was like, he's going to begin the season on a pitch count. That's what all the reports were about. And then Sean Payton's kind of like, we're going to see maybe more of him. I don't know how to read this situation. What I think is going to happen and how I think things are going to play out is he is going to be on a pitch count, just like Brees Hall, right? You're not going to want to start him. There's a chance because it's the Raiders defense. He fucking carves him up, slices and dices through him like he's playing Fruit Ninja, and he has a decent game. We also saw him in preseason get a lot of targets. I think, you know, if you had to, Nick, I have Javante and Brees, I need to start one. I would lean with Javante. But again, I don't really see either of them having all that big of a performance. Jarek McKinnon, again, I think he will be more involved without Kelsey. The question is, how much involvement will he get? All these guys in this range are essentially touchdown or bust. 35, Breesaw again. 
I don't really want to be starting these guys, if I'm being honest with you. I think they're going to use the just the tip technique. I think they're going to ease him in to this offense. Could he get a couple catches? Could he maybe have a huge run? Yes, because he's that good, but I don't see him getting enough usage to quantify starting him at 36 DeAndre Swift. This is the only guy here that could, in my opinion, besides, I guess, McKinnon, go fully nuclear, right? There's a chance that DeAndre Swift is just the RB1. The Patriots defense sure is pretty good, but he catches a couple balls out of the backfield and he just goes fucking nuclear. He goes bananas. He has like six catches for 80 yards and a tug, couple carries, 30 yards, right? And he just goes crazy. That's possible. But it's also possible that he's buried like Jon Snow in the Battle of the Bastards with all the people around him and he's like trying to get out of there, right? Jon Snow gets out. Maybe DeAndre Swift doesn't, right? Maybe Kenny G spot. Kenny Gainwell has a great game. Maybe it's Rashad with two A's penny, or maybe it's none of them because they're just splitting the carries. You get a carry, you get a carry, you all get a carry like fucking Oprah Winfrey, and then they all end up being shit in this game. I think that's also a big possibility. So DeAndre Swift, to close things out, RB number 36. Thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did end up enjoying today's running back rankings and tiers, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below while you're down there. Make sure you leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. Come back tonight. For Thursday night football live stream prior to the game starting at around 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time answering all of your start or sit decisions. This running back video should help you out a ton. But if you want my full rankings, they're available on Patreon for $7.50. They'll be updated every single day all the way up until kickoff. You also on the Patreon can ask me any questions. You know, who do you want to play this week? Do you prefer ass or tits? You know, I answer every question. So you pay on there, $7.50, answer every question, and you get the rankings. I love you guys all so much. I hope to see you later tonight in the live stream, and I am so excited because football is back, baby. Make sure you guys check out Underdog Fantasy, link in the video description. Love you guys all so much. The support we've seen recently has been unreal, and I owe it all to you guys, right? Without you guys, I'm nothing. I say this a bunch. It's just so impressive what we've seen, and it's all thanks to you guys. So I love you guys. From the bottom of my heart, thank you guys for everything. Hopefully, we all have a great week one. We're going to continue growing as the season goes along. Love you guys. Have a great one. Click that subscribe button if you're new. Hit that like button. Click on one of the videos on your screen right now if you haven't seen them already. And again, see you guys tonight in the live stream. Good boy! And if you're watching this video after Thursday, see you on Sunday for the live stream prior to kickoff. Good boy!